as exciting as it is to have Unitarians from around the country and protesters from around the country gather with us uh, as they did last Sunday. As exciting as that is, it's nice to just be us again here on Sunday morning and to feel the, the intimacy of that as well. It's nice that we can be both of those things. I want to share with you as our reading this morning a poem that was printed in the catalog of Star King School for the Ministry, the Unitarian Universalist Seminary in Berkeley from which I graduated. For a young man wondering how to pursue a life of faith, this prose poem seemed to focus all my questions into one prophetic challenge a challenge I want to share with you this morning. The poem is by Rebecca Parker, the president of Star King, and it's called Choose to Bless the World. Your gifts, whatever you discover them to be, can be used to bless or curse the world. The mind's power the strength of the hands, the reaches of the heart, the gift of speaking, listening, imagining, seeing, waiting. Any of these can serve to feed the hungry, bind up wounds, welcome the stranger, praise what is sacred, do the work of justice or offer love. And any of these can draw down the prison door, hoard bread, abandon the poor, obscure what is holy, comply with injustice, or withhold love. You must answer this question, what will you do with your gifts? Choose to bless the world. Not too long ago, I was teaching an adult spiritual development course here at the church. And one night I began the class by reciting that poem, Choose to Bless the World. After I read the poem, I asked each person to reflect on the question, how am I a blessing to the world? Then we divided up into small groups to talk about it. Now we've been meeting as a class for several weeks already and so we knew each other fairly well and usually people spoke quite freely. Like most Unitarians I've taught, this was a pretty talkative group. So when an awkward silence fell over the room, I knew something was wrong. I asked the class, what's, what's going on, guys? This isn't like you. At first, no one responded. Then slowly, people get, began to admit that the question, how am I a blessing to the world, made them feel uncomfortable. Some folks thought it was presumptuous to think of themselves 
as a blessing to the world. Others admitted guiltily that they didn't really think they were a blessing. Still others had simply never looked at their lives that way and weren't really sure what this whole blessing thing was about anyways. The words seemed to catch them off guard. Just when it seemed that the conversation was going to die from inertia, one member of the class began to laugh and pointed at the wall. You see, we were using the room that the kindergartners use on Sunday mornings for their religious education class. And on a poster on the wall were written the words the children say each week for their chalice lighting. It is a blessing to be. It is a blessing to be here. It is a blessing to be here with one another. The rest of us saw the words and joined the woman in laughing. It seemed the children had figured out this blessing thing a lot more easily than we had. When you can subject 500 to it. So this morning I'd like each of us to consider the question I posed that night. How am I a blessing to the world? Or to put a finer point on it, am I a blessing to the world? For me, this is one of the fundamental questions of the religious or ethical life. It's the decision that sets the course for our lives. Will I be a blessing to the world? Will I move through the world in such a way that bestows gifts and good tidings and joy? Or will I be the kind of person who doesn't bless but curses the world, spreading apathy, selfishness, perpetuating injustice, keeping my fists and my heart clenched? To bless or to curse, the question is so fundamental, so deep down in our consciousness that it often goes undetected. What I want to suggest this morning is that to really be a blessing in the world, we must make the choice to bless it a conscious, deliberate, and frequent act. Now, I can imagine that some of you may raise an objection right here at the very beginning and say, now Rob, do people ever really set out to be anything other than a blessing to the world? I mean, does anyone actually wake up in the morning and say, hmm, I think I'll curse the world today? Probably not. It's a little more subtle than that. You've heard the old saying, God moves in mysterious ways. Well, let me tell you, the devil is way more tricky and mischievous than God could ever be. No one ever decides to curse the world. It just creeps up on us when we're not paying attention. There are curses that we are susceptible to by our own nature, by the patterns of living we've been conditioned to, by the economic system that we are enmeshed in. 
No, we don't wake up in the morning and say, I think I'll curse the world today. But every day that we do wake up and choose to live for ourselves and not for others, we have chosen to curse the world. Every day we wake up and pretend that another's suffering is not our own, we have chosen to curse the world. Every day that we wake up and say, I'm just going to live my own life and not pay attention to all the bad things that are happening out there, we have chosen to curse the world. And on and on it goes until one day we wake up and realize unwittingly and appallingly that our lives have indeed become a curse and not a blessing. To prevent that from happening, we must instead make a deliberate choice to be a blessing to this world. It is an act of will to say, I will bless the world. Now, I think some of you have heard me talk about Dag Hammarskjöld before, the former UN Secretary General. He was a great man and he often spoke of this fundamental choice that I'm talking about. He once said this, I don't know who or what put the question, and I don't know when it was put to me. I don't even remember answering, but at some moment I did answer yes to something or someone. And from the moment of that yes, I was certain that existence is meaningful and that therefore my life in self-surrender had a purpose. Yes. It's the most powerful word in the spiritual vocabulary. Because when we utter an unqualified yes, we set our whole being free to pursue that to which we have said yes to. Yes, I choose to bless the world. Now, Hammerskold makes it sound like the choice happens once and for all, and then we're sort of set on this path of blessing. But that is not my experience. We all start out trying to bless the world. But after each failure, we have to say yes again. After each broken heart, we have to say yes again. After each time we feel the fatigue of our suffering world and we want to give up, we have to say yes again. Yes, I will bless the world. I will choose to bless the world. I choose again and again and again. Friends, this is why I always impress upon us the importance of a daily, regular spiritual discipline in our lives. A time that we set aside each day to remind ourselves to be a blessing. You know, church does that, but that's, once, that's only once every seven days. We need a more frequent reminder in our lives to live deliberately as a blessing. Now, some people fail to bless the world because they have not deliberately chosen to. Others suffer from a more fundamental problem. Some people fail to bless the world 
because they cannot see themselves as a blessing, as a gift. They have forgotten their own worthiness, their own dignity. They have lost sight of the fact that they are possessed of gifts and people who lose sight of their inherent giftedness or their inherent blessedness are usually unable to bless the world. We can't give what we don't realize that we have. You know, not, not too long ago, I, was, I met with someone who was struggling with depression. She's given me permission to share a little bit of our conversation. She said that she struggled with a persistent sense of her own inadequacy. She said, Rob, I have these voices in my head that keep telling me that I'm damaged goods, that everything I touch, I make worse. She saw herself as a curse to the world. I've gotten to the point, she said, where it feels like the only purpose in my life is to try to not make things worse. I asked her how I could help her. And she said, Rob, I guess I need you to tell me that I'm okay, that I'm all right. You're all right, I said. You're okay. I want you to know that I see you as someone possessed of many gifts to share with this world. I hope you will be able to live out of that knowledge one day. What I tried to remind her of that day was really the central promise of Unitarian Universalism. You know, there is, a, there is a central teaching to Unitarian Universalism that is twofold. At the center of Unitarian Universalism is both a gift and a challenge, and I want you to remember this today, the gift and the challenge. The gift is this, you are a blessing. You are a blessing. The challenge is this, therefore you must bless the world. Therefore you must bless the world. You can't be a Unitarian Universalist and just take one or the other. You can't be the do-gooder out in the world who adopts cause after cause after cause desperately trying to prove your own worth and dignity. And at the same time, you can't be the person who walks around so self-assured and convinced of your own blessedness, yet doesn't share that with the world. The two come together, the gift and the challenge. Sometimes even when we get the first part of the equation, we want to escape responsibility for that second part, for that challenge. And one of the ways that we do that is to believe that the vocation to bless the world is a special calling for special people, people besides us, 
We have a tendency to think that others, because of some office or some degree or some level of virtue, are the ones who are set apart to be blessings to the world. This is why we worship saints rather than imitate them. This is why we set aside days to honor prophets rather than follow in their footsteps. No, this is a calling that we must all take up. Choosing, choosing to bless the world doesn't mean leaving everything I have behind. Rejecting the life that I know, giving up our job and becoming a monk or something. It doesn't mean retreating into some splendid isolation. It means going about your daily life and refusing to do nothing except blessing the world. On the street, in your home, at work, everywhere you go, just be a blessing to the world. There's an old Sufi tale that exemplifies, I think, this, this blessing, this way of living as a blessing in the world. And I want to close with this image for us this morning. This story goes like this. There once was a woman whom the angels adored for her kindness and goodness. In fact, they adored her so much that one day they went to God and asked if they could grant this woman the gift of miracles. Wisely, God answered, well, you better check first to see if she wants that gift. So the angels visited the woman and offered her the gift of healing touch. Whoever you touch, they said, will be healed of all that ails them. She refused the miracle. Then the angels offered her the gift of conversion of souls. Whomever she came into contact with would be won over to God by her eloquent testimony. Again, she said no. Frustrated, the angels asked her, what gift do you want? And she replied, I ask that I may do a great deal of good as I go about my daily living. Well, the angels didn't quite know what to do about such a request. But after talking it over with one another and with God, they decided on a plan. Every time the woman's shadow would fall behind her, it would have the power to cure disease, to soothe pain, to comfort sorrow. And so it was that as the woman walked through the world, behind her, her shadow made arid paths green, caused withered plants to bloom. Pale children got a rosy complexion in her wake. Clear water came to dried up brooks, and joy came to unhappy men and women. The woman simply went about her daily life, diffusing virtue as the stars diffuse light and flowers scent.
want to suggest that this image of this blessed shadow is an appropriate one for what it means for us to bless the world. It doesn't mean we have to quit the world as we know it, follow St. Francis to the woods, or Mother Teresa to the streets of Calcutta, though it may indeed lead us there. But to bless the world means simply that wherever you pass by, wherever your shadow falls, that place will be blessed by your presence. To infuse our daily living with this blessedness, that is what we can begin to do when we choose consciously and deliberately to bless the world. May it be so. Amen.